Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll start there. You know, we were talking about uh, we we're talking about the heart last week, and I'd like to kind of touch on a couple of things there before we before we move on. And um, but I'm going to read verse one of Second Corinthians chapter seven, and it says, "Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit." perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And we talked about how it's important that we have to continually cleanse ourselves, how, you know, this relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior doesn't just, it doesn't just grow on its own. We've got to, we've got to work at it, and we've got, to, we've, got to have a, we've got to have that love. And we talked about our heart being the center of that last week. And I'm not going to go back and reread every verse, but just to kind of get us grounded here, Hebrews 12, I am going to read three verses there, and I've read these last week. But Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 14 says this, says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So without holiness, now we know that, number one, we've got to be saved. Okay, if we're going to even if we if we come to the realization of who Jesus Christ really is, we've got to be saved. And again, we're talking about believers here, folks, us as believers, just as a little refresher. So, how do we help our heart? You know, that's the thing that you know because I'm going to be honest with you. There's times my heart needs help, and you say, "What do you mean?" And I mean, well, what I mean is. I read last week that out of the heart, everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we want to do, feel, aspire, plan, pick a, pick a word, comes from our heart. And our heart needs to, have, needs to be filled, we need to allow it to be filled with a love for God's word. Okay, I mean, with a love for God's word. And so how do I help, how do I help my heart? Or how do we help our hearts? And... You know, it means we just got to, we got to make the effort, okay? I mean, I have to make an effort. If I'm not willing to make an effort, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to correlate this to, to worldly living, but the comment was made about folks that don't want to, you know, don't have a whole lot of drive, don't have a lot of desire. Well, let me tell you, our spiritual relationship with the Lord and our, and our walk and the life that he wants us to have it's, 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 it's similar in terms of if we're going to be successful in life, okay, worldly, you've got to make an effort. It's going to take some effort, okay? I don't care whether you're a man, woman, boy, girl, whatever, okay? And spiritually speaking, if you want to have a, a rewarding, blessed, meaningful relationship with the Lord, it's going to take a little bit of effort, okay? I mean, it does, and, and sometimes it takes a lot of effort, okay? I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it takes a little bit. Sometimes it takes a whole lot, okay, because... It's not an accident. No, it doesn't work. I tried. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Look, I, if there's one thing that I want to try to do, you know, is just be honest with you all. As I read and study, I mean, I just, I just want to be honest. You know, I, I, don't, I don't stand up here and try to make up stuff. I mean, y'all would know immediately if I was, but I mean, I just want to be honest. And there's times that I have to work harder than other times. And I think we can probably say that we probably all do at times. But you know what? I ain't quitting. Right. Not quitting. I'm in it. I'm in it for the long run, okay? Irregardless, 
And, and I'm sold out to him, okay? I belong to him this morning and not to the enemy. So, but anyway, so I got to make more space in my heart for God. And, and you know, in, in, the, in Psalm 119, I've got several verses here. I'm going to, if you want to turn back there, I'm going to start with verse 10 and 11. But, you know, the Bible tells us about the heart. You know, and, and, and the things that are in the Bible are not to hinder, but they are to help us, okay? And um, I have no idea where my, mark, where my bookmark went. Okay, all right, that's okay. So Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11, and there's, there's four things that if we do these things, um, our heart will be helped, okay? My heart will be helped, our hearts will be helped. So Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11 says this, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And listen, this is thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. We, just, we do the pledge every, every Sunday morning. We do that pledge, and the kids do it, and we do it. But you know, think about that word hid. What's that really? It doesn't mean, okay, I got saved one day. Now I'm going to hide it, okay, put it away, and I can tell, you know, I, I know for myself that I'm saved. That's not what that means. That means, to hide it means, it means something to me. That means that I've got it. It's a treasure to me in my heart. That's what, that's what it's saying. And, you know, my life, my life... There should be nothing more important. Okay, I love my family. But you know what? If I really want to be a good dad and a good provider and a, and, and, and a good husband and, and everything, I want to love the Lord first with all my heart and all my, my, all my soul. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Okay, I mean, that's, that's where it's going to come from. That's where the help is going to come. And that's, where, that's what it really comes down to. And my heart is the key. Okay, our heart is the key to all of this. And that's exactly what God's word is telling us here, is that with my whole heart have I sought thee. Not half of it, not sometimes, not every now and then, with my whole heart. And I mean, and I, and I talked about last week, what we love is what we spend our time doing, okay? Or what we spend our time doing is what we love, okay? However you want to look at it, so. And, and we all, you know, we all have to live real life, okay? We're not all, we can't sit at home. Okay, I realize that. People, we all have lives, okay? We got to go out and you got to interact with people, okay? But the thing is this, there's always time for God's word. There, for those of, for we, if we want it, there's always time for God's word. And that's where we're going to get our strength from. And I, I know I'm probably repeating myself, but I'm telling you, as I said this morning, I just thought, you know, the true happiness and true joy and true contentment and true, I mean, just everything that this gives you, makes you settled in life, the thing that I finally come to realize is it's, it's right here in God's Word. Everything. When we, when we look to it and we rely upon it, that's where the true, whatever it is you're looking for, whatever's missing, it's right here in His Word. Whatever's missing. I mean, I, I can guarantee you that. I mean, I know it. So... The whole heart, and, and what I'm talking about is love, love for his word. And that love's got to start in here, okay? That's where it's got to start. So love is, number, is the first thing. If you go back a couple of verses, same, same psalm, Psalm 119, verses 1 through 7. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk 
in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him, how? With the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I'm not going to repeat myself. I feel like I'm standing here repeating myself this morning. But when you read those verses... Again, the guidance, the direction, the meaning of life is right there. Okay, I mean, if we could just help people understand, those that are lost, that the meaning of life is in God's Word. I mean, how to live, the true true benefit of being a child of God is realized by getting in God's Word. Let me put it that way. So, again, um, verse 2 says this, Blessed are they... That keep his testimonies. You know, in the second point here, number one, I got to love. I have got to have that love in my heart. Number two, obedience. That's the other thing is obedience. Got to have obedience. And guess what? Obedience brings blessing. Okay. Now I'm not saying I'm not going to tell you that, that doing what the Lord wants that you're going to be. I'm not talking about financial and all this stuff. Okay. That's not what I'm, I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking about contentment within self. Okay. No one. You know, people talk about, well, I don't know what my purpose in life is. You know, you hear that stuff all the time, or I don't know why I'm here. I got right here. Open this book up, maybe you'll find out real quick why you're here. I mean, it, it's really easy. It's not difficult. So, but obedience. Verse 34, still in Psalm 119, says this. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it, how? With my whole heart. I mean, you know, anything, if we ask God for understanding... He doesn't say, sorry, don't have time. Sorry, you've got all you need. Just figure the rest of it out on your own. He never, ever says, he never, ever says he won't give us more understanding. We just got to ask him. And we got to trust in him. Um, Let's see. Proverbs 23, 19 says this. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. You know, it, again, the heart. So how do I, how do I, obedience. I mean, I'm repeating myself, but, but it's obedience. I mean, it's, number one, if I love him, I'm going to want to get in his word. And when I get in his word, then I'm going to want to do what his word says. That's what I'm talking about, being love and obedience. That's what I'm getting at. And then, um, Proverbs 3 and 5, I mean, very familiar, very familiar. I can almost pretty much memorize it other than the fact that I'm kind of stirred up this morning and I can't think straight. But uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. I mean, it doesn't say trust in me sometimes. You know, go to the, go to the book, get the Bible out when things are going bad. It's not what it says. It says trust in him all the time. I mean, that's what I got to do. That's what I have to do. You say, well, you know, it sounds like you're, you're in bondage or something. No, I'm freer than I've ever been in my life. I've come to the realization of how it is to realize where happiness comes from. Okay, and I don't mean fake stuff. I'm talking about something that's real here. So, trust. So, love, obedience, and trust. You know what? And it just kind of keeps repeating itself. 
Because when we love him and we're obedient and we get in his word and he proves himself to us, even though he doesn't have to, but I mean for our fleshly benefit, I'll put it that way, he proves to us and helps us every time that we ask when we're seeking him, the, the obedience part, we begin to trust in him, we build our trust in him, and it just keeps growing. The more we trust him, the more we want to love him, the more we want to do what he's asked, what his word tells us to do. I mean, right. But that's why it's so important. You know, we've been talking about being separate, being an example, being a light. If we just hole up in our home, okay, I'm just going to say it, if, we just, if I just sit at the house all week, don't do anything, the only thing I do is get out on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and come to church on Sunday night, what kind of an example am I being? How am I going to help those folks realize that there's a better way to live? That's why it's important. We've got to get the gospel out to them. And that's why, you know, you say, well, that was kind of silly going out on Friday night and passing out tracts in the parade. No, it wasn't. I mean, you think, how many, 1,300? 1,300 and some people were touched. Now, is there 1,300 people here this morning? No. But I can tell you what, God spoke to each and every one of them. Now, whether they, what they've decided to do when God spoke to them, that's between them and God. But, you know, and, and I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying, our job is to spread the gospel. We can help these people. We get the word out to them. Something goes, CEF. I mean, these kids, I mean, every time Phyllis calls and every... There's been a child saved every single week, more than one, every single week. Those are lives that are being changed. And people say, well, they're kids. They don't, yeah, they do. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. It says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with what? With all your heart. I mean, it all comes back to our heart. I mean, and I, and I know I'm repeating myself, but that's where it starts. It, we've either got the love of Christ. Now, I know he put his spirit in us when we got saved, okay? I'm talking about, we're talking about progressive growth here. That's what Paul's telling us, okay? And, and progressive, continuing to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And the four things, and I'm going to move on, is love, obedience, trust, and prayer. And to me, it's a, it's a continual cycle. I mean, if we love him, we'll get in his word, we'll want to obey him, we'll grow in trust, and guess what? And then the more we trust him, then we're going to go to him, we're going to thank him, if nothing else, in prayer, but, more, but even so more than that. But then we're going to seek his guidance in prayer, and it starts all over again, and it just continues to grow. What we spend our time doing. That's right. That's it. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And I can assure you that yeah, uh, yes, yes we do. <laughs> well, they better see something in us. I, I mean, honestly. I mean, and that's kind of a good lead-in to this last part. If we go back to, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, last part of this verse. You know, we were talking about the, the separation and stuff, and I'm not going to go back and, and repeat all that, but he says here in verse 7, therefore... Because of these promises, dearly beloved, and again, he's talking to, to save people here, to the church. Let us cleanse ourselves from our, all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and why? Okay, here's the thing. This is the key. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Okay, that's the thing. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And, and when I talk about fear, I don't mean because we're, you know, scared of him. It's because we should have reverence for God, Okay reverence and understanding of who he really is, okay, and who we are. So perfect, 
It means to finish or to complete or to carry to the end. Okay? To carry through to the end. I tell you what, like I said earlier, I'm in this thing till the end. Till he either, when either, either he's coming back or he calls me out of here, I'm staying, I'm living for him. Okay? I want to live for him. And, you know, when something's perfect, it's finished. Okay? And, and it's complete and it's not defective. Okay? And that's what God is wanting to do in us. We're never going to be perfect here. We know that. But he wants us to move towards that mark. Okay? He wants us to move. He wants us to progress. So, you know, I thought about how God wants, even though he doesn't have to, think about this. He wants to prove out his wonderful work of salvation in every one of us. You think about that. He doesn't have to do that, but he wants to. And so he wants each of us to grow Okay, and then there's, there, here's, here's, the, here's the part. He's got a desire, but he's not going to make us do it. Okay? He's, he wants each of us to grow individually or personally first. Okay? We've got to grow personally first. Okay? Before, I can, before I could ever do any kind of service for him, I've got to grow personally in, in, in living the way that he wants me to live, step one. Doing what he wants me to do, step one. Then as we continue to grow and live and serve for him, then we can reach out and share the gospel with others. I mean, it's a progression. He wants us to grow. And um, so that others will see the life that we're living. I mean, that's what it's all about. When he's talking about us being perfected, he's not talking about us being perfect, okay? He's talking about us being more like him. That's what it means, more like him, because he is perfect. Now, we're not. But, you know, to do that, I got to study God's word, and in 2 Timothy 2.15, this is very familiar scripture. Our, our pastors quote this regularly, but uh, I'm going to read it. And I tell you, if you read this and, and, and you sit and, and think about this, this verse, I could tell you it, it moved me. And, uh, but 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this, says, study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, you know, as I, uh, as I read this verse, I was studying the other day, I just, uh, I just kind of stopped, and I just sat there for a while, and, and the Lord just started dealing with me and uh, talking to me, and I just thought, you know, Lord, I can't do nothing without your help. I can't, I can't correlate anything that I, if I can just sit, if I just start reading God's word and don't ask him to help, I can do nothing with it. I mean, I can't, it just doesn't work that way. I, I need his help. And uh, I got to study, okay? I got to do my part. I got to study. But uh, I thought as I read this verse, I thought, Lord, please help me as I study your word, not to apply my understanding to your word, but help me to allow you to apply your word to me, to my life. Because that's what he's, t- I mean, I, you know, I can study all I want, but if I don't allow him to move upon me to apply it to my life, it doesn't do me any good. I can't read and study and try to put my thoughts and my opinions 
and, and that doesn't do me any good. I need what, I need his, I need his input to come in so I can, maybe I'm not making any sense, but I, I got to hear him. I got to allow him to speak to me before I can do anything. That's, that's it. That's it. And we got to let, he's the only one that can do that. I mean, I, we can't do it in reverse order. Okay. I can't, I can't try to put my understanding on his word. His word's got to be put on my life. Okay. It's got to change me. He knows us better than we know ourselves, doesn't he? Yes, he does. No, there's none. So I got to walk with a desire to please God. That's what it comes down to. And when we study his word, as we allow him to speak to us and we're willing to listen to what he's trying to say to us, I mean, we've got to hear him. I've got to hear him first. If I, don't ever, if I don't ever listen for him and I don't ever hear him, I'm not going to, I'm not going to grow. So, first, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll read a verse here if I get to it. 1 Thessalonians 4.1, and, and remember, we're talking about perfecting, okay, what God wants to perfect. Verse 1 says this, it says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk. You know what? When God saved us, he saved us. Everybody agree? We're saved, okay? But what I'm trying to get at here is there's a progression that he desires for us, okay? He wants us to grow. Okay, he doesn't want us to be stagnant. So he says that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So he wants us to abound more and more. What that means is he wants us to keep walking better. Okay, when I first got saved, I, you know, I walked, but I was probably wobbling all over the place. Okay, I didn't walk very well. Okay, I, I knew I was saved. Okay, but he expects that walk to get better. Okay. I better be walking a whole lot straighter now after 20-some years than what I did 20-some years ago. It's that simple, okay? And uh, we have to walk before we can run. He wants us to run, okay? Paul talks about that in the Bible. I mean, we, we read that. And, but we got to walk before we can run. And Romans 12.1 says this. Again, familiar scripture, but, you know, these things are in here, and, we, and, and I think sometimes we read these verses, and we don't let them sink in. I mean, we, we got, there's got to be some application when we hear God's word. I mean, uh, memorization is good, okay, hearing it, repetition's good, but it's got to sink in and have an effect on us for it to do any good, okay? It's got, there's got to be some application. And it says, Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, and what's he say here? He says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What? What's the first word? Holy. Then it says acceptable unto God. Guess what? If I'm not living right, I'm not going to be acceptable unto God. You say, well, you just said you were saved. Yeah, I did. I'm saved. That doesn't mean that I'm in fellowship with him and that I'm living the way that he wants me to live. There's, a, there's two big differences there. So he says acceptable unto God, which is what? Reasonable service, that means expected. That's what that means. That's what he expects from us. He expects us to grow. He expects us to live for him. And um, holy and acceptable unto God. When I think about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this verse right here, and, I'm, and I'll quit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. 
I think this sums up pretty well what we've been talking about this morning. And this is what 1 Corinthians 12.31 says. It says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. You know, and the reason I say this, I think, you know, I don't think, I know. The best gifts are the gifts that are available to all born-again believers, okay? The spiritual gifts. Those are the best gifts, okay? And you only get them once we're saved. So, but um, the spiritual gifts through his word that God wants to give to us. Again, he wants to give to them. uh, He wants to give them to us, excuse me, but we have to want them. So God says, seek to live out the way I'm directing you to live out of my word, and I will show you a more excellent way of life. I will show you a life that you can live pleasing me, serving me, honoring me, rather than living for self. I mean, that's what, it's, that's what those verses are saying. So once we embrace this, and it becomes our first reason for living, you say, Greg, it sounds like all you do is sit and read God's word. No, I mean, I have life, too. I do other things besides read God's word. I mean, I do, and I don't read enough. I mean, I'll just tell you. But it'll, it'll, it'll become a real reason for living once we really realize what it is, why he saved us. That's what it really comes down to, is coming to the realization of why he saved us. We're going to want to run, and we're going to want to press forward, okay, in our life for Christ. And that's, that's what Paul said when he, that's what he meant when he, back here in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, when he said, uh, verse 24, y'all can probably know the one I'm going to read. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain? That's why I said, before we can run, we've got to walk. And before we can walk, we've got to get in his word and understand what it, how he wants us to walk. One more verse, and I'm going to quit. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says this. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What's he's telling us there? Number one, he's seeking perfect, he was seeking perfection then and now, just like we ought to be seeking perfection now. And we're seeking final perfection. That's the other thing. At the end, we're seeking final perfection. But we've got to keep pushing to get there.